Hey everybody, it's Microphones of Madness. I'm Rodney. Over there, Steve. Hello. Oh wait, the plane. The plane. Oh. All right. All right. Yeah, since nobody's going to get that reference at all, they will are, in a second. They will in a second when I tell them what it is. Uh, today we are talking about the 1978 Jim Kelly film Tattoo Connection. <laughs> Diamond. Uh, Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly. For those of you who don't know, was the uh, first. African American martial arts star. Uh, he came out of uh, being a co-star with Bruce Lee in the '73 film *Enter the Dragon*, and they tried to throw him in quite a few movies. Notably, *Black Belt Jones*. Notably, *Black Belt Jones*, and then this follow-up is technically *Black Belt Jones 2*, *The Tattoo Connection*. Although I don't think it has any actual connection to and Black Belt Jones. Only like two tattoos. <laughs> yes. Now this is this is the type of film. It's on Amazon right now, so you can stream it for free if you're you're in the mood for some uh, classic exploitation kung fu film. This is one of the slew of cheaply made very rushed product that came out in the wake of the kung fu explosion in the united states that also gave us the rise of iron fist in the comic books which is funny because there is a scene from the second season of iron fist that i think may have had its origins in this particular film think so go ahead Oh, I just when when um, Black Belt Jones or whatever he's <laughs> named in this movie, the Black Man. Yeah, that's what he's, he's called. More <laughs> he's called the Black Man more than he's called his name. Um, when he is trying to figure out the tattoo connection, he goes to a tattoo parlor, mm-hmm. much like <clears throat> pardon me, I'm choking. In the second season of um, Iron Fist, where they are. The, where they visit a tattoo parlor, tracking down um, who did a specific tattoo. Yes. Very. Which uh, kind of happens. I guess that kind of happens a lot in this kind of this sort of thing. But well, you have specific. I mean, you could pretty much, if a person has a unique tattoo, you can track down the artist of that tattoo. Right. And and a lot of. Uh, in this case, these tattoos are criminal gangs, triads. So, yeah, they would have specific tattoo artists to do their work for them. If you notice the 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 pictures hanging on the wall, the different designs you can get, there were quite a number of uh, Yakuza-style tattoos. Yes, there were. There you go. That was the tattoo connection. Yep. Um, okay, so... Here it is, the plot synopsis. I can do it in one sentence. A corporate troubleshooter is sent to China to uh, uncover... He's an, ins- he's an insurance investigator. Yeah, he's he's kind of like if... Uh, he's like the Steven Seagal type insurance investigator. He's like... <laughs> he's not really much of an investigator. He's there to like break people's legs and stuff until they tell them where the diamond is. 
right to to locate a stolen diamond that for some reason just can never be cut to be fenced for for any reason we don't know it's a, the most perfect diamond in the world it's it's huge too it's like the size of somebody's fist it's not that <clears> big it's pretty fucking big, and that guy it's, just swallows it. Right. It's about the size of, I would say, maybe maybe a half dollar. If if that. That's pretty fucking big. Have you ever swallowed anything the size of a half dollar? Yeah, a half dollar. <laughs> <laughs> I swallowed this whole fucking movie. <laughs> but I'm bum. Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much the entire plot. Yeah, uh, with boobs. With, with, there's there's a lot of boobs. <laughs> a lot this of is, boobs. This is an exploitation uh, R-rated for the 70s type of... Well, this it would have been R-rated for now. This is the first classic kung fu movie I've seen with boobs. Oh, really? Yeah, with uh, lots of boobs. I, I think and It wasn't even like a side boob or something. It was like tons of boobs. Yeah. Well, I think this is probably... Ha- that has to do with the fact that this is for an American audience. Um, and it does almost have the vibe of actual two separate films spliced together to make one. Uh, I've seen that quite a few times. They did it with the original 1955 Godzilla by splicing in uh, Perry Mason. Yeah. Um, and, and you see this several times. There's There's... There's some films that are done really on the cheap, and those are even worse than Tattoo Connection. Um, you have a, an old Shaw Brothers-style kung fu movie spliced in with, like, three white guys in fluorescent uh, karate gi and headbands that say ninja, and it's it's terrible. <laughs> Uh, rented out, rented one from the video store once called Ninja of the Magnificence, and it was not magnificent whatsoever. Well, he was from the Magnificence. Apparently, he didn't bring it with him. Well, the the actual ninja in the film were all white guys in fluorescent keys with little headbands that said Ninja. Not not very stealthy. We are a hedge. Move are. along. I am a ninja. <laughs> Says so on my headband. Uh, this not quite that bad. Uh, tattoo connection. Was, was Chris Farley in it? No, this was before Chris Farley. Chris Farley probably saw those films. Um, it is the blackest of all arts. They. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna go watch Beverly Hills Ninja now, <laughs> which is also on Amazon. Oh, well. So yeah, this is full of uh, of all some pretty decent fight scenes for the time period. I mean, the recording is bad, the dubbing is bad. Oh my god, the foley work! Uh, oh, the the classic foley work of they had like whoosh. two sound effects. They had the hit sound effect and the miss sound effect. Oh, they also had the metal object sound effect as well. Uh, yeah, there are no guns in this film. You know, they could not uh, afford the pyrotechnics. <laughs> it's because they were they were paying uh, paying somebody's salary. Yeah, there was actually like a, cot- a 
a lot of people I kind of recognize. Oh, yeah, there was uh, Bolo Young is in this film. Second time he worked with Jim Kelly. Um, Bolo Young, you know, is is like the classic martial arts movie villain. Um, he was in, uh, of course, Enter the Dragon. He was in uh, Bloodsport with the Belgian Waffle. Is that Van Damage? Yeah, he got Van Damaged. Uh, and he's been in he's been in several films. Uh, never never as an, a protagonist, always as an antagonist. Uh, in this one, he's he's kind of a low low grade thug. Yeah, I mean he barely barely speaks. Uh, you know. With a halfway decent writer, this film could have been like a top-notch crime drama. It certainly had the seed of one. It could have been, yeah, if it was written better, if it was produced better. And not just like the, the cheapness of the sound effects and everything. I mean, I think there was more film made than what we actually saw. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it was cut out. Right. It must have been really bad if it was cut out of this film. Or or actually really good, because, I mean, it does have, like, a solid hour and a half uh, runtime. Are you saying that there's somewhere out there there's, like, a, a an outtakes reel of really good things that's a good movie? Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sure, like, a, you know, there's more in Jim S- Kelly. In Singapore, they have, like, an actual good movie version of this. I would say, I would say that this film has maybe, what? 45 minutes of Jim Kelly in it. Maybe. Uh, yeah. The rest yeah. focuses on the uh, the other protagonist, which is a gang member who's having a change of heart. Yeah, and that's the weird thing, is they could have like worked that better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, you could at least had him like, partner up early on instead mm-hmm. of being, like, friendly antagonists throughout the <laughs> entire film. Yeah, and I, it's hard to tell if they were actually friendly antagonists. Well, they were respectful antagonists. Yeah, but everybody was kind of respectful of everybody. Even like, except, well, even like the main villain was kind of semi-respectful, like in tone. He was a, he was a, a, a bad man. Mm-hmm. But, uh, he, he, he was definitely some, a bad man. He made some irrationally poor decisions for a bad man that, Indicate that he still had respect for other people, I guess. Like letting uh, Fat Dog go in, at the beginning of the film. Fat Dog. <laughs> Fat Dog is the only guy whose name I can remember. And he right. was the greatest character in this film. Yeah, Fat Dog is the bumbling accountant character. Um, and, you know, he, he is a decent character. Uh, very much underplayed throughout the film. Um, even even the boss was was kind of underplayed in, in or underutilized in that you know he just kind of would kind of show up periodically to move the plot along with the order to kill a character or something like that. And then you had the betrayal, which kind of came out of nowhere. Well, it's funny because like the the entire film, I'm going. How does like somebody just happen to show up when the shit's going down? There's right. like 
tons of coincidence. Like the bad guys always know what the good guys are up to, but it like seems like it's all coincidence. Right. And then you find out it's because Jim Kelly's partner is really two betraying. Yeah. yeah. He he enabled the diamond to get stolen in the first place. You know, and yeah, you know, you should have expected that when he's like, you know, I'm the one that got attacked and robbed, and I'm sitting here in the hospital bed. Shouldn't you be out there doing your job? Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, that's a that's a shady white dude. Right. <laughs> and I and I hate this. it's kind of funny, but they picked the most looking alike guys for Caucasians in this film. Mm-hmm. All the white guys looked alike. They looked the exact same. It was so confusing. It was hilarious. Tall, skinny, same haircut. Yep, all of them. They, I mean, yeah. Except Which for was the, con- it was very confusing. Except for the old guys at the the company. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, but you know, they were there for all of two minutes, if that. <laughs> But yeah, so all all the white guys look alike, which was refreshing in its honesty. <laughs> yep, yep, and, and they were all bad guys too. Yep, yep, they certainly were. Um, and then the the the, the cop, mm-hmm. and the uh, main bad guy had the same name. They were both Lou. Yeah, Inspector Lou and Bad Guy Lou. Mr. Lou. Yeah. Well, be, well, Lou's a big family, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, how many how many Rosensteins are there in the world? Not a lot. Not a lot. Well, Best okay. New York. You know, is, Lou is like Jones. It's Patel. Oh, okay. Or, or Patel. Or Singh. You know, every, you know, there's... Every culture has, you know, the, the common last names. Right. But you, you usually compensate for that in films and literature. Well, you know, nobody's really watching this movie for, for you know... Following a plot? For, yeah, there's... The kung fu movies that, that came out of the craze, these mass-produced, schlocky, exploitation-style films, were not there for plot. They were not there for... Uh, creative character design. Um, no, they were I not there you. for. Uh, I I get all that, but now, in retrospect, why not? Because we have some really great uh, kung fu films that have plot. Right there, there are there are many great I mean, martial arts films that have excellent plots, but for some reason, the American this cinema. This isn't one of them. This isn't one of them. And American cinema for many, many, many years uh, just like wanted to mass produce these things. And you get the you get a guy you go down to the gym, you get a guy that won a tri state tournament and say, We're gonna make you a movie star, motherfucker and you put him in a film and it's, you know, American Samurai Showdown Part seven you know, because the first one was actually a halfway decent film with, you know, a, a, a name. And then you find this random guy on the street says, hey, can you do a spin kick? But 
Yeah, nobody watches this film for plot. Nobody watches it. They wanted to see boobs, which they got lots of. They got a lot of that. And they want to see, you know, Jim Kelly and this other guy kick people's ass, which you got a good bit of that, too. You did get a good bit of that. And that guy, that guy he can kick. Yeah, it kicks like a mule, they said so in the first first scene. Um now I think I think one of the things with the dubbing and the sound effects and all of this stuff it comes from the fact that these films are shot with no sound. Really? Yep, Enter the Dragon was shot with no sound. I did not know that. So so, so that's why everything even when you watch is, them in Cantonese, they they sound they look dubbed. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of these older films were shot with no sound. Everything's added in post production. That explains a lot. I feel like the scales have been lifted from my eyes. So that's that's one of the reasons why it's clear it's clear that a certain character is speaking English, but the sound is not on track. Is that so you can put in a, a language track easier? Uh, I think... Um, so you can send it out to America or to uh, France or different uh, I mean, regions of China? That's a possibility, but, you know, there's also the... It, equipment. The film and equipment is probably cheaper to film without sound and then add the sound in later. Hmm, interesting. Which is probably why that stupid Jackie Chan movie we watched had somebody else playing Jackie Chan. Well, that was 1993, so, you know. Oh, okay, never mind. So, then there's no know, it's really no hard to say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely no excuse for sitting You know, Hunter. we can give them a lot of credit for the, <laughs> the, the, the 70s. You know, I mean, Enter the Dragon... <laughs> was a, a huge budget motion picture. I mean, this was, uh, you know, Warner Brothers involved in getting that one made. And it was it was a uh, Chinese film specifically made for an American market. Which, you know, the whole story behind that is interesting, and maybe we should have watched that film instead. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> and, well, I mean, even Jim Kelly is much better in that film. Yeah, it was kind of it's kind of a waste of an actor who does have screen presence. Um, it's taken advantage of a little bit. Uh, we get the uh, the wackiest seduction scene ever. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, where where the villain sends the femme fatale uh, in. To uh, to drug Black Belt Jones, get him excited, and he'll, he'll die of a heart attack. Yeah, and, she gave him. She basically slipped him Viagra. Well, try, well, tried to slip him Viagra. Yeah, and uh, he comes in, and he's clever, so he swaps the glasses, and and makes his own special love potion. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was like which a, is really cognac and raw eggs. I don't know if that actually. Yeah, it, it, it was kind of like um, that scene in Blazing Saddles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. No, no. you know, with uh, is it true what they say about your people? It's true, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, and then she's trying to do like the se- awkward, sexy dance, and and he's reacting to it, and it's mostly just like him pointing and. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. <laughs> oh dear. However, one of the most interesting exchanges was when we are revealed the the double cross that you know uh, Jim Kelly's character has known about the whole time, and they're playing chess, and he's letting the guy just like dictate the what he does, like he's stupid, and he's really sitting there chess hustling him. The whole time. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, what should I do here? I think you should move the knight there. Ah, oh, well. It seems you're playing both sides of the board. You're just making, my, making it so my moves are... I have to make specific ones. And you're really just making them for me. However, checkmate. <laughs> and I... A hundred thousand dollars. That's right. Fat dog. I know you're getting a hundred thousand dollars. I just want fifty. And I'll tell you everything. Yeah, poor fat dog. He 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 was living on borrowed time the entire film. Yeah, he had the most brutal death of the movie too. Most everybody else either was just beaten to death or in the case of the uh, the white guy, he was just like slapped around a little bit and thrown off a boat. That was him. I thought that was a dummy. No, well, <laughs> no, that was the big boss. That was the dummy that got knocked off the, the oh tanker. My God. It was like it's brilliant oh special God, effects, it's a, man. It's a dummy. <laughs> Ragdoll physics in kung fu movies. Yes, literally. But you know, it's, yes. it's this this <laughs> film is good for the laugh. Powered, powered by um, Unreal Engine. Yes, <laughs> and it is very unreal. Um, I would say, you know, if you're if you are a a fan of these schlocky, goofy kung fu movies, you know, give this one a watch. Um, if you're a Jim Kelly completionist, you know, definitely give it a watch. I'm saying if you're a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000, yeah, watch this movie, get, grab a couple of your friends, take some mind-altering substances, or not, sit around and make fun of this movie because it's a blast. Yep, or find a way to download it and strip all the audio out of it and make your own movie. Yeah, you could do that too. And I'm surprised that this this is not a thing. Maybe we should make it a thing. Mm, that's an expensive thing. Yeah. Yar. All right. Get rights to films and all sorts of things. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this out of five stars. I'm gonna give this like two and a half. I'll give it. I give it a sliding scale of stars depending on how you watch it. <laughs> depending on how you watch it. All right, you're watching it for a podcast of movie. Slash book slash RP discussion. I don't even doesn't even get a star. <laughs> I've seen like better better exploitation movies and better kung fu movies. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> there are much better out there. But if you're watching it to have a good time with your friends while you're while you need to play a party game of making fun of movies, 
this is a really good one to to choose. Oh, that's true. That's that's very true. You can like uh, probably find a DVD of this really cheap, and, and and play it like that. You can have a mystery science theater game. There you go. Make it a party game where you just mute the television, and make up your own dialogue as you go. Yep. There you go. Back now. That gets a five out of five. <laughs> Five out of five for party game entertainment. Yes. All right. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode. Woo! Woo! Uh, we'll be back again next week with something else. So something until next wacky time. Crazy. That's right. Wacky and crazy. Points. Keep those 30 luck points.